Welcome to Men Talking Mindfulness with co-hosts John McCaskill and Will Schneider. Each week, we take an authentic dive into how mindfulness continually impacts our lives, deepens our relationships, and allows us to be emotionally alive. We filter all of our conversations through the man box, where we unpack how as men we are expected to act in society, how fighting the authentic human experience is exhausting and damaging, and how mindfulness can help. Now, on to the show. Hey, welcome to the show, everyone. We are here, men talking mindfulness, John McCaskill from Ruston, Louisiana this time, not from Colorado Springs, my hometown of Ruston, Louisiana, where I grew up. And I'm here with my brother from another mother, Will Schneider, there in New York City. Today, we're going to be talking about equanimity. And I know that's a word that a lot of us don't hear very often, but we're going to be talking about equanimity, what equanimity is, what it isn't, how to develop it and why it's important. Similar to what we talked about last week with, uh, what was our topic last week? <laughs> Will, uh, I mean, oh, oh uh, now I'm, thanks, John. Uh, <laughs> put you on the spot, but basically, <laughs> hey, we're, we're, we're opening up and unpacking parts of mindfulness and meditation and how the beginner's mindset, that's what it was last week. There you the go. beginner's <laughs> mindset, what it is, what, what it was important and how to develop it. So today and this week, we're talking about equanimity, why it's important, how to develop it and what it is. Uh, before we get into the show, we, we do have our sponsor, Naked Warrior Supplements, Naked Warrior Recovery Supplements. Naked Warrior Recovery is a service-disabled, veteran-owned, and operated supplement company owned by a fellow Navy SEAL. They offer a range of supplements from super greens for energy and recovery to broad-spectrum CBD products to immune defense. And we'll be dropping the website in, in the uh, link here shortly or in the comments check out that website and then use the code MTM2021. So MTM2021, and you can get 20% off there. Check that out. That all said, Will, brother, great to have you here. Great to see you. How you doing, man? Yeah, it's good to be back, John. Love the show. I'm, I, it just fills me. I mean, all week, I'm looking forward to this. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait. And um, things, I feel great, John. Uh, again, spring is uh, happening here in New York. I I saw some uh, blossoming of some trees and stuff, and it's just kind of nice. exciting, like, you know, as uh, as we kind of thaw out and, um, and really <laughs> tap into spring. I mean, you know, it wasn't that cold, cold recently, but it's just nice to have longer days. And But I'm feeling great. I'm super stoked for this topic because um, it's uh, it's just really, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into it uh, when we get to it. But um, thanks for you for being here, John. Thank you for always creating such a wonderful space that we get to come together and, and have some fun and, and share ideas with ourselves and, and other people. Um, so thanks. It's good to be here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh, always, always a pleasure. And for those who are watching uh, live, uh, thanks for being with us today. And please share the show uh, with your friends, family, whoever needs to listen and share the show uh, with uh, uh, you know, the, the, the audio podcast, when we release the podcast later, share that with your friends, family, uh, we're, we're really enjoying the effect that the show is having on people. We're really enjoying seeing that what, what it is we're doing is helping. Um, so please spread the word. And also, if you have any people that may be potential guests for the show, please let us know, because we'd love to bring them on and share their message. So that that's, uh, that's where we uh, where we're going from here. Let's go into our grounding practice, Will, brother. Uh, I'd love you to kick it off and, and ground myself 
because I'm excited again to be home here in my hometown, oh. in my, actually in my parents' home. I'm actually yeah. looking at some old trophies that I have from my high school days. Those trophies are like 25 years old. There's a uh, lot so, of them. How many are there, John, over there? Uh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's just a little handful, man. So what's that? <laughs> You're uh, a kick, seven, you seven of them. Running, that's huh? back when I was back when I was a stud. <laughs> uh, <laughs> funny enough, I'll, I'll tell you the story of why I'm here in, in my mindful moment here in a second after our grounding practice. But uh, yeah, man, super okay. excited to be here in, uh, in, in my hometown. So Hopefully yeah. the sound is coming in and the, the visual is coming through okay. Oh, yeah. They're, you're sounding good, John. Uh, the jackhammer's already started. Let me close my windows before <laughs> I got, you know, hey, it's a spontaneous show, John. Uh, That's okay, right. a little better. Live, okay. live, uncut, unapologetic, <laughs> live, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Let's go and let's ground. Uh, so uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I mean, if you're um, – driving or walking or on the street somewhere, if you're sitting at your desk, um, take a moment. We're just going to take a simple pause. If you're driving, obviously be responsible. Uh, say you're walking, you're in a grocery store, maybe just stand for a moment and just do nothing. Um, I like to make some contact, feet on the floor. I like to also interlace my fingers sometimes just to feel that contact and the sensation of the body or ground your palms on your thighs or right, lift the palms up. Um, which is more of a receptive energy in nature uh, that comes into the body. So eyes are closed or open, depending on however comfortable you are or feel. Let's just take a few breaths to begin. So let's start with an exhale. See so if you can hit the bottom of the exhale. So breathe, breathe all the way out your air, empty, 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 just to get to that place where it's almost a little scary. And then take a big inhale. And exhale, bottom out again. Empty out. You can pull the navel in to extinguish the rest of that exhale out. And then take another big breath in. And exhale out. Good. And let's just actually work by uh, taking like a four or five second inhale. And let's take a longer, exaggerated, intentional exhale all the way out just to calm ourselves down even more. So we're exhale out again. We'll just do three rounds of breath like this. So let's inhale for a big breath for five, four, three, two, one. And then exhaling really slow for eight, seven, six. Keep going slowly through the nose. Two, one. Inhale again, five, four, Pause, exhaling intentionally for eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Beautiful. Last one. Inhale, five. Exhaling slowly, eight, seven, six. Take a moment and check in with yourself emotionally. Without judgment, just notice how you are feeling right now. Use your breath to stay connected. And 
And just to finish, take a little thank you to yourself for making this time today to join the show or listen to the show. And one breath together to finish this off. Take a giant breath in. And exhale through the mouth and through the nose. Whatever you do, make it feel good. And then open those eyes when you're ready. And here we are. Uh, how you feeling now, John, after, you know, just like uh, what, much two better. minutes? Yeah, right? man. I'm closing uh, my windows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep closing those windows, man. Do whatever you got to do. But there no, I'm, I'm feeling... I'm feeling great. Thank you for that grounding practice. Again, you know, I was, I was jazzed up being that I'm here in my hometown. I'm broadcasting yeah. from my, my parents' house and I'm super excited to be here. And then this afternoon, um, actually going and attending uh, a track meet uh, where my old high school cross country coach is having his, is having the track or the field house dedicated to him. So I'm super excited about today. I'm super excited to see uh, you know, teammates that I haven't seen in like decades. Uh, mm. So your practice helped to ground me for the show because I, I don't want to come into a men talking mindfulness show and be super jazzed up or anxious or excited through the entire show. I want to show equanimity. I want to show and practice equanimity as we talk about it. And, uh, you know, I love, I love seeing the comments already. And as a matter of fact, uh, I'll go ahead and jump to my mindful moment if you don't mind, yeah. man. Oh my God, go for it, uh, jump in. So, so my mindful moment actually had to do with my brother-in-law who is here with us today watching. He's actually one of the first people to comment because when we lost track of what it is uh, we were here to talk about or rather what we talked about last week, the beginner's mindset, he jumped into the comments and he's like, beginner's mindset. So thanks Ryan for, uh, for keeping me on track. And my, yeah. my mindful moment actually has to do with you, brother, uh, with you, Ryan. And I, you know, I won't share too much, but uh, I did get an opportunity to surprise Ryan uh, and surprise my whole family as I kind of snuck into my hometown, flew into Dallas, drove drove a couple hours into my hometown, and and just walked into my house like I owned it, my my parents' house like I owned it, and was like, "Hey, Dad, what's up?" And you know, my dad and mom were super excited. But then I went and saw Ryan as well and surprised him, and. And we got to take a picture together and talk for a while. And if, if you don't know why that's so important to me, one, he's my brother-in-law. So that's important. Obviously, I love I love my brother-in-law, Ryan. But Ryan uh, battled with, with COVID and was really down low. And Ryan, I hope you don't mind my sharing this. I won't share too much. But uh, there was a lot of people, prayer, support that came in uh, to bolster you and our family up through that and a lot of people here on the LinkedIn network had to do with that but then also literally we had uh, people flying machines across the country on the same day to help with Ryan we had people flying plasma across the country to, to help Ryan um, and we had again thousands of people praying and supporting and that moment i haven't seen ryan since that and ryan you look fantastic brother so good to see you i'm so excited to see you you looking good feeling good and for for the network that's watching or listening later uh thank you for the support but just being there in the moment with ryan yesterday sitting in his backyard uh you know listening to the birds chirping playing with his dogs that was my mindful moment for the week. Uh, and uh, Ryan, I have you to thank for that. So that's, uh, that's my mindful moment for the week. Over to you, wow. Will. What, how was no. yours, man? Well, that's, that's, uh, that's beautiful, John. And uh, 
thanks for sharing that. And, and, and thank you, Ryan, um, uh, for being here with us and, and promoting the show and, and still being on this planet. So that's, wow. Um, what a, what a, almost like a hero's journey in some ways, right. To get out of that. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Uh, uh, you know, my, my mindfulness moment, John, uh, has to do with plants. You know, I, I, uh, I was really amazed. Like I have this, um, it's myself and whatever if you're a botanist out there. I can use your help on this one. Uh, you know, so no, really like, um, I have a friend who loves his plants and you guys have maybe heard of the money tree, like that, that interesting, like root system. They usually put them in threes and they like grow up, you know, and they have these beautiful leaves. I actually have one in my place. Um, so my buddy had, had one in a pot in the middle and there's a pretty large pot by a diameter of maybe like 12 inches and put it right in the, in the essentially in the middle of the pot. Uh, it was growing and doing fine. And then he put, and this is a pretty big one. This is, I'd say it's probably like at that time was maybe, you know, three or four feet big or something like that. He ended up putting another small um, money tree in the same pot, like a smaller one. I'm talking like maybe, you know, nine inches or something like that. And um, in the same pot, he just like let them be there. And well, over the last year that these plants have been cohabitating this um this 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 pot, the bigger plant literally moved its root system to the side of the pot and out of the way of the little plant, so it can make way for the sun. I was wow. like, wow, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I went over the other day. I'm like, look at this tree. I mean, the whole root system like like changed its pattern. And and I, and I was looking at it a little further yesterday because over there helping him do something. And I was like, oh my god, like. I see what this plant did. It literally moved its like large frame. It was like, you know, five or six times the size of the other one, you know, of the smaller one. It moved itself out of the way to coexist and to be, you know, with this other plant and help it to thrive and grow. And it, and it also makes me think it's like, you know, how could we coexist with each other, mm. you know, in some ways? Love and it. how is like even a more amazing part is how are these plants communicating with one another, <laughs> which is so bizarre. But, uh, I really enjoyed seeing that and like seeing the beauty harmony, I guess you can say, and coexistence yeah. and how there's abundance everywhere. You know, you don't have to steal everybody's sunlight. You know, you can make a little room and, um, and get them out of the shade. So awesome. I thought that was, that was very inspiring for me yesterday. I love that. That's yeah. amazing, man. And, uh, you know, it, it's actually going to tie into one of our shows coming up here with Scott Tucker with the, the, the mind fit, mindful awareness of abundance versus scarcity, yeah, scarcity. scarcity. Uh, yeah. you know that's that's uh that's fantastic to to see that in action with with a tree or with a plant and if you've ever yeah. uh read uh michael Pollan, i think you've read this i think we've actually discussed it michael Pollan's how to change your mind yeah it talks about how plants actually can communicate with one another and it's pretty right. wild to to see that and man maybe uh, you can take a picture of that and post it in the comments later uh, later today i'd love to see that man I'll, I, you know i'll do that i don't know yeah i'll ask my buddy to do it but that was really that was cool and everyone's yeah. like hey love that will thank you shannon appreciate that and they are amazing right and we have someone right phoning in from guam by the way uh, that's awesome here from guam. that's, that's awesome. really great um, and I see, I see uh, Ryan commented as well. So he doesn't, doesn't matter, doesn't mind sharing his story. So Ryan is here yeah. listening live right on brother. Um, yeah. So equanimity, we're going to get into equanimity and, and what it is, what it isn't and how to develop it. So uh, 
that's a big word, right? <laughs> Equanimity. Yeah. I used it this morning on a podcast that I was on and the guy was like, hey, you can't use words that are more than three syllables. Equanimity. <laughs> so that's, I don't know, five syllables. <laughs> but Should hey, I jump man, in and define yeah, it? Please, I love going Let's basic, right? Get our baseline. I'm going, yeah. give you, I'm going to give us two baselines here, John, equanimity, right? Uh, defined, um, you know, in the dictionary is mental calmness, composure, uh, and evenness of temper, especially in difficult situations. Once again, mental calmness, composure. I love that word composure, John. Mm-hmm. And evenness of temper, especially in difficult situations. Going a little deeper into Wikipedia, I'll give you actually the Latin root words of this is uh, equanimity tasks, which uh, is having an even mind. And the other part is uh, aqueous, which means even um, uh, of mind and soul. And they go a little bit deeper into the definition. And it says equanimity is a state of psychological stability and composure, which is undisturbed by experience or exposure to emotional pain or other phenomenon that may cause others to lose the balance of their mind. Mm. So That's what we're going to talk about today and dive into today. Um, What does that bring up for you, John? Yeah, well, it brings up, I mean, even even just this morning, um, sitting sitting here, like I mentioned, in my mindful moment, being here in my parents' house, being here in my hometown, there's a lot of excitement. Uh, You know, there's a lot of excitement, but there's also, um, in a way, a little bit of sadness, like, okay, I left this town. I don't know, 20 something years ago, 24 years ago. And a lot has happened since then, uh, both in the town, in the country, in the world, but then also in my own personal life. Mm-hmm. And we talk about looking back at, at our lives and how sometimes looking back can cause almost like a, uh, a feeling of shame, a feeling of guilt or a feeling of depression and you look and I look back at you know these trophies in the background I'm like you know I used to be a superstar runner and <laughs> now here I am <laughs> not not that I'm not enjoying where I am in my life but there's there's always a little bit hey looking back um so it's it's almost that impulsive emotion to mm. look back on it and say you know what I, I wish I could be back there but then when uh, I start practicing the equanimity I am present in the here and now and I am thankful for what I have in the here and now and I'm not I'm not having that uh, that impulsive emotion to look back even though I, I feel like I'm traveling in time coming back to my hometown yeah and I'm going to be meeting with my old but my teammates later today there there's there's that luckily I have the ability to be present in the here and now and and enjoy the here and now without that impulsive looking back. That's that's a piece, a piece of it. And I know we're also going to get into impulsivity and equanimity on the battlefield, but that's what it brings up right off the bat. The first thought that jumps into my mind is is being being here in, in this time warp of mine and how to yeah. practice being present in the here and now, even though it feels like I'm in a, a, a time machine. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing, John. What, what about you, man? Um, well, I, you know, I, uh, equanimity brings me right back into my Vipassana meditation. Mm. Uh, I did, uh, I actually did an episode. Uh, I talked to, we did an episode. I, it was a solo, but the only solo episode we had, John, uh, in season one, uh, where I talked about Vipassana. So I think it's like probably episode, you know, 10 or 12. I, I can't remember. I was trying to look which one exactly it is, but um, Vipassana is a, is a meditation technique 
um, that uh, it was the same technique that the Buddha, the, you know, the, the Buddha that kind of made the Buddhist practice famous. Um, it's the meditation technique that he developed in order to bring forth his enlightenment. And, uh, and the practice is like, it's actually a 10 day practice. So, and you actually 10 day retreat. So you go away for 10, 10 days, no talking at all, no communication with the outside world, no communication with anybody else in there, not even like holding doors or saying what's up or making a smile or even eye contact, like no communication. Uh, and then uh, you're meditating for 10 hours a day and one hour each meditation. So it's really an intense practice from like, we get up at four o'clock, 4.30 in the morning, we start meditating by five and we're, you know, lights out like nine, 30, 10 o'clock and you just repeat, you know, the next thing, the same thing the next day. Um, but they talk a lot about equanimity because we're trying to get into that space of stillness was a big part of it. By the fourth day uh, of, the, um, uh, of the practice, uh, you're asked to sit in, with strong determination and be still for an entire hour. Hmm. So you, uh, it really got me deep into my mind and deep into my impulsivities, deep, in, deep into my cravings and you know, and my, and, you know, the sensations on my body were like going crazy and just not to react, John, is so incredibly powerful. Or just even to know that I don't need to react is incredibly right. powerful, you know, and then, it, then it's a constant practice of not reacting, not being impulsive or, or compulsive. Um, so I, I bring, and the teacher of uh, Vipassana um, is uh, S.N. Goenka. And uh, he, he just was, incredible teacher uh um and he does all the teachings across the world he's actually no longer with us he passed away in i think 1997 and they just do the same teachings to keep the teachings and the practice consistent and they just we listen to recordings um and i was all in a room with like 75 men 75 women uh that took care of all of our needs it was all volunteer or um, donation based so that was really awesome to make it very accessible to everybody but uh, that's what comes back to me is like really understanding not like from an academic and terminology dictionary kind of way but really experiencing equanimity within the practice and then continually trying every day uh, by meditating uh, to continually access and be with you know maybe another word instead of equanimity john is composure maintaining mm -hmm. my composure and not reacting um, so that's what comes up for me with this um, and I like the distinction we're making, John, about that, you know, impulsivity or that compulsion, right? right. Which is like, you know, that's, uh, I, I like, uh, you know, uh, reacting is acting without thinking, right? right? Where right. we're trying to get into that place of calm, cool, connected self, and then responding to the world around us. And that can mean not doing anything at all. So um, that's yeah. still an action. So, right. And, and, you know, you talk about the vipassana meditation mm -hmm. and in, in my mind i'm, I'm obviously Im imagining 150 people sitting and, and doing this this meditation retreat in the vipassana practice and then just kind of break it down to the single individual practicing and then imagining myself being that single individual i know i'm closing my eyes as i'm trying to visualize as though as though the audience listening may be able to see this but anyway uh, you know, i can see you john just just sitting <laughs> just sitting sometimes can physically get uncomfortable, right? right? And you may have that impulse to shift to get more comfortable, mm -hmm. uh, but you may also have the mental impulse to shift your mindset, to shift yeah. to something else and, and 
coming back to the here and now, the present moment, right. and just being quiet and and not not like clearing your mind. Because I'll get that a lot. People think that meditation is supposed to clear your mind. It's not supposed to clear it. It's just supposed to calm it. Supposed to settle it. Get you more focused. But right. you may you may bounce off and start thinking about something else because of an impulse, maybe an uh, an emotion popped bubbled up, and that emotion had gave you an impulse. Well, in practicing the equanimity, you can bring that impulse back under control and bring mm -hmm. it back into the, the practice of that Vipassana med meditation. And that mm -hmm. can ultimately set you up for living with more equanimity in your life. As you've practiced and you've brought these uh, impulses under control, now you're walking around in your everyday life, somebody cuts you off in, in traffic, you're not going to have that impulse to flip them the bird or, you know, right. chase them down and try to run them down. I mean, cause what, what's that going to do? Um, right. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty powerful to mm -hmm. have this in your life. And it's a, it's, it's a great way to build it is through meditation and through practicing mindfulness. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and there may be people who are saying, well, how is this different from being stoic or stoicism? I think there's a lot of overlap between right, practicing equanimity and and being uh, a practitioner of stoicism in some aspects. So you know, if if you don't like that term, equanimity, maybe maybe look up stoicism and right. see how that how that's similar, and maybe that's how you can start start living. But yeah, impulsivity that's that's the or compulsion that's the exact opposite. And that's what mm -hmm. we want to get away from, whether you call right. it stoicism or whether you call it equanimity, we want to get away from the compulsion and the impulsive side of things, the reactive side, rather than the responding side of our, our minds and our emotions. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's important. Go ahead. No, I, um, I think we're, we're keep saying practice, practice, practice. And um, you know, meditation, you know, a lot of people are intimidated by it. Fine. Okay. Maybe you'll get there someday. I hope you do. Because uh, uh, it's really very valuable. Um, but how about just being uncomfortable, John? Getting out of your comfort zone. That's part of stoicism. Is mm -hmm. The practice of stoicism is like, get uncomfortable. Like, do get out of your comfort zone and then see what you're made of. In you know, that's why I love doing cold showers and cold plunges. Like, cause it's yeah. like, you, you get to, you can't hide it. You can't, I mean, your entire body is immersed in cold and you can't hide it. And it brings up every single feeling emotionally, mentally, physically, and you have to deal with it. And you have to go right in, you have to literally, I mean, just imagine establishing equanimity in like a, a, a 45 degree iceberg. Yeah. It's not easy. I mean, you know, right. it's like training with the seals. It's like, holy cow. It's like, what do I do? And it's like, and that's when, and that's what that's part of the training it's like i really feel like if you want to be an awesome and resilient and somebody that lives with equanimity and stoicism uh and uh that sense of resilience is you have to get out and do stuff that deliberately makes you uncomfortable like you did that yeah. deliberate discomfort challenge right and, and how much resilience did that uh jason found comp is that is van yeah camp? jason that van camp yeah in mission six yeah 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 um, sure yeah, a little plug for him you know for hey, sure because stuff, like he's man. creating awesome individuals because of the exercises that they're doing yeah oh right. yeah and that that challenge is having a profound effect on some folks man like and and 
the challenge itself and then the tribe that surrounds it. But I won't go right. too far down that road. It's a, it's a phenomenal yeah. challenge. If you're interested, yeah. look up Mission 6-0 and uh, you can find out more about that challenge. But I do want to touch on the, the deliberate discomfort, right? The, the cold right. water. Uh, we're actually bringing Errol Dobler on as a guest in uh, about a month. Uh, or actually, yeah. I think the beginning of May, we're bringing him on. And yeah. Errol is a former SEAL and then an FBI agent. And now he's uh, a practitioner of the Wim Hof breathing. And yeah. he's yeah. written a book that I just finished reading. Oh. And he, it's, it's a really interesting book. I've never seen, that, never seen something done like this. But it's, and I'm going to forget the name of it, but it's like the art and discipline of leadership at home and with your family or something to that effect. But if you just look up Errol Dobler. But it specifically ties in leadership with cold weather, cold water immersion. And it's really fascinating and it ties directly into this equanimity and, and uh, arousal control, if you will. It talks mm. about when, when you go and stand outside of a cold shower or outside of a, you know, an ice bath, the emotions that you experience just prior to doing that, you're like, okay, I have fear. I don't want to do this. I, uh, I, I hate ice baths. There's it, a whole lot of negative emotions that, that kind of surround you. And then not only do you have those emotions, but then you have emotions about your emotions. So you start right. thinking, you're like, oh man, I have this fear. I have this doubt about what's about to happen. And then you start thinking, oh, I'm weak. I'm a mm -hmm. wuss. I, I, and you start kind of beating yourself up. And then you actually finally take the plunge into that ice bath or into that freezing cold shower. And then you're like, Oh, this hurts. This is this sucks. And then you start having emotions about those emotions. So I guess another way of of looking at equanimity, and I'll make sure I tag Arrow on this because uh, it's really interesting. But uh, another way of looking at equanimity is not only um, controlling your emotions, those base emotions, but then also taking a step back and looking at your emotions about your emotions, what you feel about what you feel, and mm. and not judging yourself, not beating yourself up wow. yeah. and not really driving yourself down that negative track, that negative self-talk that causes mm -hmm. that guilt and shame that we, that we all quite often deal with. And so it's really interesting uh, that you brought up the ice baths. Cause I literally just read that, that book this week. Uh, so yeah. check it out. Uh, and I'll, I'll put the, I'll put the book in the comments or actually I see Lindsay and I see Zach Keller, actually Zach Keller. Yeah, I know you guys are great. Zach, today. Thank you for Zach your, is, uh, your help. Yeah. yeah Zach is, from mission six zero and he did that oh, challenge as well uh, so man we've got got the whole crew chime in i know awesome. everyone's really helping today awesome. thank you everybody yeah. out there for helping us um yeah uh what, what like john we keep talking about uh, you know this composure aspect like let's um you know we have a question here and i'd love to ask you it's like how you know, I mean, you're SEAL trainer, I mean, not trainer, but SEAL commander, like in combat, I mean, God, like, how on the battlefield, I mean, this, I guess, you know, I mean, in, on literally the battlefield, and this can, I guess, extend to the battlefield of life sometimes, right? Um, like how, how, when you're in Afghanistan, you know, that picture you talked about earlier behind you is yeah. like, yeah, uh, is, is, a, is a mission that was very intense. It's like, how, you know, what is the training involved or, 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 or how, well, even, not even the tra training, yes, but in battle, like how are you able to be with the world seemingly just crumbling around you, able to stay on point, stay on mission and take care of your brothers? Yeah, well, I, I'll, I'll be completely vulnerable here and tell you that 
um, up front, my, my first few SEAL missions where I was leading those missions, I was not the picture of calm, cool, and collected. <laughs> mm, uh, mm. I, I was, uh, quite honestly, I was scared. And not just scared of the enemy, but scared of what my men would think about me as a leader and think about the calls that I made on the battlefield. There was, there was a lot of angst about that. Um, I wish that I had the tools of mindfulness and meditation earlier on in my career um, so that I could have been, uh, I, I feel I could have been a better leader on the battlefield. I did end up finding the tools of mindfulness and meditation later in my career, and I feel that I was a better leader then. And I feel that I'm better equipped to be a better leader now, and I probably would be a better operator on the battlefield now. Mm. That said, um, I think it, as some of it, uh, as far as preparing special operators for the battlefield specifically, <clears throat> we do go through a lot of training. We develop a lot of muscle memory, and we mm. do also go through that deliberate discomfort. Uh, you know, mm. we, we all go through, whether it's SEALs, whether it's special forces, whether it's uh, you know, Marine Raiders, uh, Air, Air Force PJs, whatever the case may be, <clears throat> going through some type of selection course where you are put through the ringer, where you're put into situations where you are intentionally suffering. And that, that is, you know, the, the meaning of life or that life is suffering, right? That, that I think helps to develop that um, calm, cool and collected state. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I probably would have been worse if they had just taken me straight from, you know, boot camp. said, hey, you're going to be a leader, go out on the battlefield. Yeah. Um, I would have been worse having not have gone through the crucible of basic underwater demolition SEAL training buds. Or, you know, if, if, I, if some of my friends hadn't gone through ranger school or army SF selection, they, they would not have been as good. But I still think we could all all have been better if we had had the practices of mindfulness and meditation in in our lives and developed that equanimity on purpose so that we wouldn't react as often and more often would have responded and been more rational don't get me wrong i still think we're fairly damn good at what we do yeah <laughs> but i think we could all be better if we intentionally work towards that equanimity yeah and, and it's like, and as I hear you talking about your training, and I, I love that um, people are saying it's like, be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And, but that's all through experience. Like mm -hmm. you, you continually, I'm sure after mission after mission, like second, first mission, second mission, that you were able to, because you had the experience, you know, because you, you were living in that environment, function environment, and, and you able to just, that experience is so important for this. I think that's like one of the key ingredients of equanimity is practice, experience. I would think like reflecting on it, right? Um, understanding breath, right? Really, I mean, how important is like to really, that's what calms us down. That's why, you know, uh, we worked on that little, I like to think of it as like a triage breath, like taking that, that uh, big inhale for five, but really taking a very deliberate, ex extensive exhale all the way out which, you know, we always talk about how the breath affects our nervous system and our mind and our emotions and how it deliberately slows everything down. Um, so I feel right. like this equanimity is always a work in progress. We can always be 
you know, in that more calm, cool, and connected state uh, of being, uh, which serves us and everyone else around us when we do that, because we're, we're not only leading ourselves in those moments, John, but we're also uh, leading everybody else, even if we're not in a leader, leading, leading position, you know, if you're in a group of 10 people and nine people are, are freaking out and there's one person that's still and calm, right? I think you'd be amazed mm -hmm. that all those nine people would slowly, I think, vibrate to that calm state of being. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, and that's just, it's, it, which is crazy <clears throat> to think about, but it's like, I love that uh, we've used this analogy many times, that tuning fork. It's like, yeah. what are you vibrating at? How are you vibrating? Right. You know, and, and I think we have a natural state because of how we're neurologically designed to have a calm state of being, because that's right. when we really begin to tap into all of this biological brilliance that, that is just waiting to be unleashed and waiting to be in the world because it makes us thrive as, as, as human beings. Um, yeah. So. I, like the, I like the fact that you brought up, you know, the fact that one person and how they are being can mm. really resonate and that, that tuning fork and change yeah. how everybody else is feeling. And I'll give right. you an example. I wasn't in on the battlefield for this, but it's, it is a battlefield example. Uh, I was overseas in Iraq, uh, 2007, I think it was 2007. Um, and I was on the radio back at headquarters listening to an operation happening. And one of the leaders, and I'll mention him by name because I have tremendous respect for him, a fellow SEAL, Coleman Ruiz, uh, mm. Ruiz um, he's, <clears throat> he's leading this operation and we end up losing a guy. Uh, he ends, ends up getting killed on the battlefield. And Coleman is a, also a big practitioner of, of meditation mindfulness. And um, he gets on the radio and, and when we have uh, an enemy killed in action, we have, you know, uh, an enemy KIA, EKIA, mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's what we say. But if we have a friendly killed in action, we can say eagle down or, or friendly killed in action, FKIA. And um, when Coleman came across the radio and he mentions, he comes across the radio, he's like, hey, this is, and I forget what Coleman's uh, call sign was, but he comes across uh, you know, and he says, hey, we have, we have one friendly killed in action. And he just said it like deadpan, like no emotion, completely mm. calm, cool and collected. But he needed to be that way. He needed wow. to be that way for the men that were on the battlefield physically for him right then, because, you know, that that one individual was killed. His name, we call him Badger. He was killed. But there were still other men in the fight that needed to be evacuated. Needed to, we needed to get out of there. Yeah, needed and leadership. They needed leadership, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And Coleman was the epitome of leadership. Mm. And then not only were the men on the battlefield, they needed to see a, a leader that was in control of his emotions. But we back at headquarters needed to hear a leader who was in control so that wow. we could communicate with him about what needed to happen. And we there in the headquarters didn't freak out like, oh my gosh, one of our guys has been killed because he came across cool, calm, and collected, we were able to be calm, cool, and collected there in the headquarters, and we were able to communicate with him about yeah. what needed to happen. Um, yeah. and, and again, uh, Coleman's, Coleman's a practitioner of, of mindfulness and meditation. I don't know whether he was then, but yeah. he was practicing equanimity 100%, yeah. And, yeah. and it paid off for his men on the battlefield. It paid off for us at headquarters, and it paid off 
for the communication between us at headquarters and them there on the battlefield. Uh, wow. So that's a, that's a battlefield example, though I wasn't the one on the battlefield. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's the example that pops to mind right off the bat. Well, uh, but but wrong, it ties John. in with the teams yeah. that you were yeah. mentioning, you know, how no, no, one no. individual can affect yeah. the team. Right. Yeah. Well, tell me if I'm wrong, John, even in that, in that situation, like, you know, we're in the moment, this is all happening. It's terrible. Or, you know, it's terrible. And, and, but it's not like we, you know, we, we I guess we, we put that emotional response that wants or reaction that wants to come up aside for a moment. But I think I would imagine there's still time for that grieving process. You know, there's yeah. still time to be like, God, you know what I mean? Like we lost somebody, but in that moment, right. When things are, it's a very, very dynamic uh, and potentially deadly situation you know we you know you have to be on point you know right. And, and, right. and that comes through that training and that practice and and uh you know what's uh you know the seals what do they say it's like you don't rise to the occasion you sink to the level of your training right yeah right and, and then you know a lot of the time the the opposite is thought everybody's like uh you're gonna rise to the occasion you don't rise to the occasion never yeah. Never has right. anybody risen to the occasion. They fall back mm. to the level of their training. So yeah. the more and you, if train, you don't have any training, exactly. <laughs> what are you falling exactly. back on? Right. 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 Yeah. So. How about John? I want to. Uh, this is something brand new for us. Uh, um, let's do an exercise right now. Is that cool? All right. Can we just do a yeah, little man. exercise. Let's so, do it. Uh, this is this is straight up. Uh, this is vipassana. Uh, meditation all we're going to do and and i would love everyone to participate whether you're on the live feed thank you for being here uh and and i want your feedback when we get done all we're going to do and i'm going to set a timer we're just going to take 30 seconds get back you know assume our you know, our meditative state like we did earlier at the beginning of the show and if you're driving okay do what you can <laughs> right if you're <laughs> if, if you're walking down the street somewhere how about you just take a moment right now and just stop everything that you're doing and we're just going to do the best we can to remain still, right? Perfectly still for just 30 seconds, okay? So uh, assume your position. I'm gonna use a timer just so we can, you know, you don't think I'm uh, like, is it really 30 seconds? Wait until you see how long 30 seconds is, John. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, so find your position, get really comfortable, we'll start. We'll do after our first, after our one breath collectively together, then we're gonna drop in and do 30 seconds and we'll see how we end up, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Great, so let's exhale the breath all the way out. Make those last little wiggles if you need to. Take a big, big breath in. And here we go around the clock, exhale. And just simply sit here. How about we just listen to sound? Just simply staying still, still and listening to sound. Boom. All right. Um, let's check in. How was that, John? <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, I'm, I'm a practitioner, so it was easier than it would have been five or six years ago. If you had told me yeah. to sit quietly and do nothing for 30 seconds, I would have been like, no, dude, I'm a busy guy. I've got I've got things to do. I can't stop for 30 seconds. Not, not right. only can I not stop physically moving, but I can't stop mentally thinking. Um, right. So, but just taking that pause there, um, I could see, I noticed a few times, hey, my mind is starting to wander off. 
And yeah, I started to, yeah. I started to beat myself up. I'm like, John, you're a practitioner. This is 30 seconds. Come on, get it under control. And right. I started to beat myself up. So I, right. I can see where the, you know, the longer Vipassana meditations, especially for somebody who's never meditated before, yeah. can really be difficult. But it's also great to get those mental and physical impulses under control. And that's where yeah. that's where the equanimity comes in. Yeah. Right. How was it for you? Right. And that's yeah, that's where it comes for practice. Cindy says here, she goes, that was really tough to do. <laughs> now, how how to still the mind? And yes, it, it, you know, it is mental, but um, uh, also that stillness is that those physical impulses, you know, that um, that that it's almost like that uh, the mind's way of uh, expressing itself, you know, by like, oh, I'm going to fix my shirt or I'm going to scratch an itch or, you know, I'm just going to, you know, make a face or move my jaw or something like that or smile. Um, um, uh, so like, uh, let me, I, I, John, I want to read, um, uh, just from that experience. I want a great, great, great master still with us today. Eckhart Tolle. I'm sure you've heard mm -hmm. of power of yeah. now, a new earth, uh, great book. Um, and this is his small book uh, called, uh, stillness speaks. Um, and, uh, which, uh, so here's like, this is on page 63, uh, the opening of the chapter of acceptance and surrender, John chapter number six. And he says, whenever you're able to have a look inside yourself to see whether you are unconsciously creating conflict between the inner and the outer, between your external circumstances at that moment, uh, where you are, who you are with, or what you are doing, and your thoughts and feelings, can you feel how painful it is to internally stand in opposition to what is? When you recognize this, you also realize that you are now free to give up this futile conflict, this futile conflict, this inner state of war. Mm. So that's Eckhart Tolle, Stillness Speaks. Um, and uh, what does that bring up for you, John? Um, what we... <laughs> the, the inner state of war, that last little part, is, is something that I think is important, um, both on the grand scale of things like specifically with with someone with post-traumatic stress uh or traumatic brain injury or something to that effect that we've we've got this inner state of war quite often mm -hmm. quite quite literally even some sometimes we think back to the battlefield and i think that um practicing equanimity can get us uh under control because yeah. sometimes there's a feeling again there's a feeling of guilt or shame yeah not only not only from that traumatic event but from reliving it there's like hey i shouldn't be reliving that i shouldn't that that's kind of a a state of war even an internal war right. with yourself yeah hey, i shouldn't be having that and then you beat right. yourself up for that the the other side of things and it came into play it's coming to play uh just as we were preparing for this show mm -hmm. you know look, looked up equanimity again just to make sure i had the definition right in my mind and that and knew exactly what it was we were going to be talking about but this <laughs> this week like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, two weeks ago, just about, we were snowed in at my house. So I went out and shoveled some snow and I, you know, I, I'm not in the shape that I used to be <laughs> and, and shoveling the snow. I ended up like straining, uh, my back mm -hmm. and it, and it was, and it's been painful at night specifically. And I haven't been able to sleep well, mm -hmm. but in prepping for the show equanimity, I realized, you know what? not only not only am i feeling that physically but i'm beating myself up at night saying oh 
I'm so weak. I should be able to overcome this pain. And, and then I beat myself up for that. And it's just kind of like this circle. Well, what I did was I did some equanimity meditations right. just saying just in my mind, not even a formal meditation, just equanimity thoughts, I guess, was, you know what? Ah, uh, this is how it is right now. This is just how it is. Just acceptance, right? Yeah, Accepting right. that pain. Right, right. Accepting being with that pain. Mm-hmm and not giving into it and then right. i was able to go to sleep and that right. was that oh, inner wow. war so i was able to quiet that inner war yeah in my mind yeah. just over a physical pain and the impulse of mine was ow that hurts ow 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 whereas yeah. if i was practicing the the equanimity and ah uh, this is how it is right now right then I was able to get that under control and then fall back asleep and, you know, obviously feel a lot better because now not only is, am I not paying as much attention to the pain, but now I'm feeling more rested. So that was the, yeah. the part that jumped out at me when you read that most was that, that inner war. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and it's funny, he talks about war in the chapter that's entitled acceptance and surrender. <laughs> you know, so it was not like, you know, we're, we're not like, and that's what I think, when I work with the, my meditation students and, and yoga and the mindfulness stuff work that I do, it's, I really continually remind my students, it's like, accept, embrace. It's like the more you, and, and, and our ego is so incredibly powerful, that, that thinking mind that never seemed like the inner roommate as Michael Singer in um, uh, the Untethered Soul calls it. It's never going to be satisfied. It's incredibly genius in some ways, because it always is just trying to F with you. You know, it's like, what about this? What about that? How about this? I bought over here. Remember this? Remember that? It's like, oh my right. God. You know, um, and instead of like, go away, like you're an asshole, like stop it. You know what I mean? Like, leave me alone. Like, could you just stop? You know, and this constant inner state, this inner war. What if it's just knowing that it's there, accepting that it's there, you know, and surrendering to really what is. And and I like when he says this, this futile conflict. Because mm-hmm. you will never have, you will, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, sadly, I'm going to say this, but that's why I feel you know, when people do commit suicide, you know, they usually don't shoot themselves in the heart. They shoot themselves in the head, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not very morbid. I'm sorry, but it's like, because you just can't shut it off, but you don't, it's not about shutting it off. It's about being aware that it's there and not let it mess with you. Yeah. You know, not let it dictate your experience, not let it, you know, get you all angered and fired up and say something to somebody regretfully. And then you're backpedaling from that. Right. Um, right. So, uh, um, yeah, so that that's uh, I'm loving this. This what we're talking about, John. This is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, I mean, it, really, it definitely, really, you know, it hits yeah. home, right? It hits, it, you know, it some of the, even even some of the, the morbid conversation is it's yeah. it strikes a nerve um yeah and and i think hopefully it does strike a nerve with some people and they can and they can start practicing and get some of the stuff that's in their mind or even the negative self-talk that they have where they're beating themselves up for those emotions so yeah. again those emotions about their emotions they can yeah. start to really get that under control and hopefully it can help help them out uh i'd love to go through some of the comments or questions that oh, we yeah, have please. from some yeah. of our live listeners so um uh, my scrolling got tied up there. There it is. Yeah. Got it back. So um, we've got one, one of our listeners, live listeners says, how do you address that sadness wistfully within you in that environment? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have intentional time for you? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? 
Will, you, again, how do you address that, that sadness and wistfulness within you? And do you have personal intentional time for you? Yeah, I, I think it's that? like, what, I, I think, it, um, I forget who, who said the comment, I can't see it, right? Oh, Shannon, uh, you know, that's why, you know, that's what time is for. I mean, so when I'm in control, John, when I am in, you know, the driver's seat, and I'm trying to, you know, move intentionally through whatever my that particular moment is, like, you know, I'm not gonna, we're in a podcast right now, my intention is to listen, right? Um, you know, and, and to respond and, and all the other things we do with the podcast. But like, I will make time, like, you know, if I'm in, uh, something comes up upsetting in a particular circumstance, I'll make time to grieve or time to talk to somebody, time to, you know, debrief and reevaluate so I can be more effective later on. Um, in, instead of letting uh, that reaction come through, which mm -hmm. completely destroys the moment, pulls you out of intention. And, and then it just, then, then what are you left with? Right. right. I mean, I'm sure I, I have a, I have a friend, one friend in particular is very impulsive. It's always like, rah, rah, rah. it's like over here, over there, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, whoa, it's hard to keep up with them sometimes. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it's like, we just like chill for a moment, like, <laughs> uh, and just relax and, 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 and stay on point. We're like packing up your stuff right now. Let's just do that instead of worried about like stuff that's going to happen three weeks from now, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But how about yourself? Like, I feel like that question might have yeah. come up when we were talking about being on the battlefield and, 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 right. and dealing with well, like, whoa, you know? Yeah. So I'll address sadness in that. And we've, we've addressed sadness. We've addressed a lot of emotions in some of our past episodes. Yeah. And I think, again, I, I, I want to make sure we're clear here. We're not saying that by practicing equanimity, you can't feel these emotions. No. You can't feel sadness. You can't feel happiness. You can't be elated um, or frustrated. Uh, the The thing is that you don't cling to those emotions, right? You don't cling to them, and mm -hmm. and I think sadness is often one that we one we feel the we feel the emotion of sadness, and then it compounds on itself, and we feel guilt or shame for having that sadness and and specifically i won't say specifically as as men but specifically as as people who are on the hyper side of masculinity there's a there's a deep feeling of guilt or shame with feeling sadness right. uh, the only acceptable emotion and we've talked about this before will <laughs> uh, when you're when you're that kind of far on the on the spectrum of femininity versus masculinity the only one that's acceptable is anger, yeah. anger. Uh, but mm -hmm. sadness, uh, I think you have to be with it, but then don't cling to it. And you can right. you can be sad and happy at the same time, which sounds crazy, but you can be experiencing something that causes sadness. Like let's say a funeral, for example, right? You go to a funeral, you're obviously sad for the loss of your loved one, but that funeral may bring you together with loved ones that you haven't seen for years. Yeah. Um, and in that you can experience happiness at the same time as sadness. So how do you address sadness um, I, I, and wistfulness in that environment? So I, I think you have to be with it, but then don't cling to it. Allow yourself to experience the other yeah. sensations and emotions that come in this this thing called life. So that's how I, uh, I personally address sadness. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Let's see what and else. And also letting like sadness, John, like, you know, take your moment for sadness. Like, you know, I talked about my, my dear aunt that passed away and that, you know, mm-hmm. the grieving process is real. Sadness is real. And if right. you don't grieve, it is going to mess with you some other time later in life, probably throughout your life. If you don't let it pass through. Like I love that idea of um, emotions. Emotion is energy in motion. If it's not mm. moving through you in some ways, it is moving in you some ways that it, and it's creating more thought, you know, feelings connect to thoughts, thoughts connect to feelings, and you're just rolling through and then creating patterns of being and doing and thinking that are not going to bring you into this equanimity and into your, you know, really your brilliant leadership, powerful self. Right. So, right. Um, it's important to grieve. It's absolutely important to, to grieve and yeah. have those moments of, you know, even frustration or, you know, it's okay to, to lash out when, you know, not in a meeting, you're not on a podcast, but, you know, to talk <laughs> to a friend and be like, yo, why did, oh my God, I'm so angry about that. That's okay. That's what friends are right. for. That's what good friends right. are going to hold that space for you. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, we got one comment here that I just want to make sure we address and then we'll get into our closing yeah. grounding yeah. practice and then wrap it up. Uh, so it says important to distinguish femininity and masculinity versus feminine and masculine energy. Absolutely. And, and uh, fully agree on that. You can be a man and have, uh, you know, uh, feminine energy and, and you can be a woman and have masculine energy. If you've listened yeah. to some of our shows on toxic masculinity or combined masculinity in the past. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for highlighting that important to distinguish yeah. the femininity and masculinity versus feminine and masculine energy. Mm-hmm. That all said, yeah. uh, I'll wrap it up with a quick Please equanimity start. practice, and then we'll close the show. Thank you so much for watching listening with us today. We really appreciate it. And you know, if you're going to shut down before the practice, we'd love for you to join us every week here live on LinkedIn or on Facebook live or If you can't join us live, join us for the podcast um, and share the podcast with anyone and everyone who needs to hear what it is Will and I and our guests are discussing. And uh, and please give us a rating, review, any feedback. We would love that feedback too. So I switched up there a little, Will. I said that before the grounding practice because I don't want to lose those who are with us live right now. So that said... uh, We'll get into the closing practice. Go ahead and get into a comfortable position and just bring your awareness and your attention intentionally to your emotions. What are you feeling right now? Your emotions and your physical sensations. Are you feeling any pain? Let's just do one deep breath, letting your breath out to begin. Then breathe into that emotion and breathe into that physical pain or stress, anxiety. Breathe into that. Hold it and relax, letting that breath go nice and slowly. One more, just focusing on that physical sensation, the pain or that emotion that you're focusing on. Breathing deep down into your belly and relaxing. And now again, just hyper-focus on either that physical discomfort, physical pain, emotional discomfort, emotional pain. Just say to yourself, ah, 
This is how it is right now. And again, saying to yourself, ah, this is how it is right now. Don't judge yourself for any of the physical or emotional experiences you're feeling right now. Just be with it, acknowledge it, and then let it go. Be with it, acknowledge it, and then just let it go. And then let's finish with one last deep cleansing breath. Begin by breathing out all your air, bringing your navel to your spine. Deep breath down into your belly, really expanding your belly into your chest. Hold that. And now let it go nice and slowly. Slow, slow, slow. And when you're ready, go ahead and bring some movement back in your body and open up your eyes. <clears throat> Thanks again, Will, for this space. Thanks for those who tuned in live. Thanks for those who are listening later, either on the video on YouTube or on our podcast. Brother, it's been great. Thank you so much for this space, man. Yeah, same, John. Thank you. And, uh, and everyone out there, thank you for listening and reviewing and sharing and, and being a part of this community. John, always a pleasure, man. Such a beautiful uh, time today with you. And everyone else absolutely is here. absolutely and you have a wonderful weekend brother and and you for those with us live have a wonderful weekend for those who are tuning in later have a wonderful day take care thanks for joining will and john on men talking mindfulness if you enjoyed the show please like and share it with your friends and family and please we would appreciate a review too until next time this has been men talking mindfulness thanks for showing up